Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker. Welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. You know, one of the toughest things about planning for retirement is to anticipate the unexpected. So today we're going to go over some of the most unexpected things that you should definitely include in your retirement plan. You found Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is a fiduciary. He is an investment advisor representative. You'll find him at Silverleaf Financial and silverleaffinancial.com is the website, silverleaffinancial.com. Been helping folks for more than 30 years. He's an author, The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care, and so much more. Hi, Kevin. What's going on? Hey, Steve, you know what? It has been an exciting week in the, in the markets for sure. Holy cow. What the heck, huh? Oh, my gosh. If anybody that's paying attention, uh, you, maybe you walk away saying you don't really want to pay attention anymore. But yeah. uh, the, the swings have been more extreme. And, 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 you know, we have been talking about that. We have been, you know, we call it volatility. Yes. And, uh, you know, and the, and the swims, the swings have gotten, it seems more extreme. I mean, just earlier, you know, earlier this week, we had uh, almost a 1400 point from top to bottom, high to low in the market. Wow. Intraday. intraday. So, uh, the market went down to like 28.6 on the Dow and it closed over 30,000. And, uh, you know, it was nice though, because um, that was after the CPI report, the inflation can, you know, report came out and it was hotter, you know, than everybody was hoping to see. Yep. Uh, you know, some of the highest inflation in what, 40 years, I guess. And, um, you know, so initially the market tanked on that news and it was, so it was encouraging because uh, the thing to look at, you know, a lot of us look at the previous lows that had been hit by the market, which we hit back in June, uh, and it was the mid 3600s on the S&P 500, and we actually did take out that low. So that's a little bit concerning. Means that means the downtrend is still intact, folks. Um, and but it was encouraging to see that the market did come back, swing back up. Uh, you know, erase not only erase the loss, but come back and 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 end the day with a strong gain as well. You call that the whipsaw, don't you? 
That was definitely a whipsaw. Yeah, you can get whiplash. You can get whiplash. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, no just looking at move, looking at these moves. It's it's a little bit crazy. And th- and this is a big part of the reason why we say you really want to keep your emotions out. You know, check the emotions at the door is something I used to uh, t- tell my brokers when I ran a brokerage office. And uh, the other thing we say is keep take your judge's robe off. Don't be judgmental. Let's just look at the facts. Don't let the emotions come into play. Let's look at the facts. Look at the valuations. Things like that. Um, and if you're a longer term investor, I believe everything's going to work out just fine. All right. Well, I like that. One other, uh, a couple other things happened this week. Uh, we mentioned the, uh, the CPI and uh, that went up slightly. It wasn't up that much. Uh, but what did go up significantly is the cost of living adjustment for social security. Yes. Yeah. And anybody getting a social security check, you're going to love, you're going to love that because, uh, the, the, the bump is over 8%. Yeah, I want to say 8.7. There you go. Almost, you know, a little less than nine. So, um, that is a very healthy increase. Obviously, the the cost of everything is going higher, which is why they're giving that increase to the beneficiaries, the, the people that get Social Security checks. So, so you can count on that starting in uh, you know twenty three that you are going to get a nice bump in that Social Security check. Right, and that hasn't been. I mean, that bump eight point seven forty two years is the last time it went up at you know that much. Oh which, gosh, I, I re- yeah, I remember some of those years that we've had in there. There was no increase, right? Oh I yeah, mean, we look at uh, what two thousand. Uh, I'm looking at here. Not that long ago. Not that long ago, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Know, in 2016, there was no cola. Yeah, no increase at all, right? Yeah. And yeah. you know, and I have a hard time. You know, personally, I've, and I've said it many times before on, on the show as well. Is um, you know, everybody really does have your own personal inflation rate. Because it's all, deter- it's all determined by where you spend your money, what you spend your money on, what do you buy, what services are you using? And, you know, if you're somebody that, um, you know, for instance, if you're paying for college and you're paying for healthcare costs, then your inflation rate's a lot higher, I, I believe, than, than what is put out there in the averages. Um, and the other, the other thing, the, the uh, inflation numbers don't, you know, are, are, there's a lot of criticism that comes to the, against the government. Uh, in terms of the inflation, the way they calculate inflation, some things they leave out, some things they, you know, they're, some people would argue that they're not really effective in measuring it. Like one of the biggest components of the inflation data uh, is housing. And there's a huge lag in, in terms of, you know, prices going up and down and when it actually shows up in the reports. And so one thing, uh, Jeremy Siegel, which is somebody I th- actually we'll probably be talking about a little bit, um, he thinks he thinks the government needs to stop raising rates and stop moving so fast. And my point is, when we start to get a whiff that the Fed is done raising rates, guys, that is probably going to be a very, very bullish signal for the market. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of good news. It, 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 yeah, what I want to point out, and I want to talk about some, some other things as well, guys, I, I know, the, you know, these markets are terrible. We've had some of the, this is the worst start for a, a, a stock and a bond portfolio in decades. And, and both bonds and stocks have gotten hit really hard. All right. So no, it's not fun. It, it, it's a real drag having money in there. I've got money in, in these things too, you know, and, but you don't want to get emotional and just get upset about it and say, ah, oh, the hell with it. I'm just going to sell everything and, and get out. I think that's a mistake. I've seen people do that in the past. Generally, they, they, you know, look at the markets a little ways down the road and they regret it. And mm-hmm. so I think if you've got a time horizon of at least a few more years, uh, I would encourage you to stay the course. And probably I would recommend that you look to start buying. In fact, uh, that's what I'm starting to do. I've been talking about nibbling. I think there's some great values out there. You just have to be selective on where you're going. Sure. All right. Great. Eight uh, folks, if you'd like to reach out to Kevin, you can call him at 800-975-6717. Better yet, you can just visit the website, silverleaffinancial.com. 
that's the web, uh, silverleaffinancial.com. So let's talk about, uh, you, you said something uh, going into this, uh, into the show today, talking about unexpected things. And I think, uh, I think you have summed up retirement planning in three words, expect the unexpected. Expect Yes. <laughs> and, you know, of course, that can be hard to do, right? Of course, because uh, it's unexpected. Because it, it's unexpected. It's like, all right, well, how the heck do I do that? Exactly. Uh, and so so really what uh, what you could do is you could go back over your last 20 or 25 or 30 years of expenses and, you know, add them all up and look, see what's uh, what the pattern has been in the past, you know, or um, you could look at what's happened to a lot of other folks and what what other things that we've seen. And one of the biggest, some of the biggest things that derail somebody's retirement plan are these expect expenses that they did not anticipate. And so one of the things you want to be aware of, you know, most people know that when you turn 65, you're eligible for Medicare. Um, most people, uh, I believe, also know that Medicare does not cover all of your expenses. It covers 80. And, and of course, there's part A and there's part B. One is hospitals. One is outpatient doctors, things like that. Um but that doesn't cover everything. And so most people wind up either getting a Medicare supplement plan or they get a Medicare Advantage plan. You wouldn't have both. If you do, it doesn't, I'm not aware of any situation where that makes sense. Um, but it's important to understand what's covered and what's not and how much you could be on the hook for, right? Yeah. Because it's these unexpected medical bills. Those are the leading cause of bankruptcy uh, I, in this country. It's healthcare and medical bills to my knowledge. And it's because, you know, I mean, I, I had an outpatient proce surgical procedure done last fall and I didn't even stay overnight. Uh, I was there probably eight or 10 hours and the total bills that went to my insurance company were over $80,000. Holy cow. Wow. And I'm saying, I'm saying, you gotta be kidding me. How in the world could this be? Right? So then I but then after that happened, I'm thinking about, it, I'm saying, all right, we have thousands and thousands, if not millions of people going through all these procedures racking up all these bills, right? Yes. There, there's, when you look at that, you say, well, I understand medical you know, insurance costs going higher, medical costs going higher. If not even spending overnight is, is 80 grand, um, you know, the costs are just, uh, it's un unimaginable in my opinion. They're, they've gone astronomical. It's, it's completely crazy. All right. But what I'm getting at is guys, Medicare does not cover a lot of expenses. Medicare uh, and, your, and your traditional Medicare supplement plans do not cover dental costs. Dental costs are one of the biggest surprises people have because I don't know if anyone's gone to a dentist. You can easily walk out of there with a bill for several thousand dollars. And I was and, just and going that, in to get a cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, right? Well, as long and, as we're uh, here. They, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As long as you're here and you go to, you know, three, two, four, five, three, two, when they're checking your gum line and <laughs> yes, all that. Exactly. And, and it's so subjective. I go, I, I have switched, I've switched dentists many, many times because I, I you know, I, I go in there. I've had some bad experiences. They tell me I need something. I don't feel like I need something. I go to a different dentist. He's like, you're fine. You don't need anything. And, and so personally, guys, let me give you a suggestion. Anybody in this area in Arizona, check out Midwestern University Dental School, okay? A dental college. If you're willing to let students, now these are, the, these are not first-year students, okay? But they're dental students that will be doing the work with the supervision of the instructor, and I, I uh, uh, discovered Midwestern Dental University School, I guess, about two years ago because I was having horrible experience. I had terrible tooth pain. I went to multiple dentists. None of them could diagnose it correctly. I went to five or six different dentists. over the. It was over a year I had this horrible wow. pain. Migraine headaches. It was terrible. 
Um, one of them gave me a root canal telling me that was, that was the answer. Another one wanted to give me a crown telling me that was the answer. Um, none of them could figure it out. Eventually I was able to get into Midwestern university. You have to be accepted into the program. They don't take everybody. Um, so one thing to let everybody know, if you're thinking about going to a school, um, you want to be on your best behavior. Okay. <laughs> you, you don't, <laughs> you want to be really nice to everybody. Sure. Okay. <laughs> be very nice. If you're not very nice, they're not going to accept you into the program. All right. It's as simple as that. All right. So, but the thing is, the prices, the prices are, are fa- the prices are the most reasonable you're going to find anywhere. And the students, they're not trying to sell you something that you don't need because they don't make a dime off it. They don't, they don't get paid off of what your uh, procedure costs, right? It no, goes to the university. It goes to university. Yeah. Well, and again, the student is paying to be there. So the student is paying to be, is paying to be there. And I like it because the supervisor then comes, double checks everything, takes a look, you know, and if there, and if, and if there's an issue, then they fix it. So I'm perfectly good. I've been doing it for the last few years. I strongly recommend it. Um, if anybody feels like I do, cause I've been to plenty of dentists wanting to sell me things that I, that I just didn't need that would have put a couple, you know, that would put more money in their pocket. Sure. That, so, you know, absolutely. And just so, a little side, side note. Yeah, well, I mean, um, so unexpected healthcare costs. Yeah. We're talking about unexpected things and, uh, in retirement, we should expect the unexpected. Um, yes. you know, you know, we talk about this before too, and, and that is the importance of a, of a, an emergency fund for, you know, whatever happens like the HVAC goes out or, oh yeah, you know, the refrigerator needs to be replaced. These are not small purchases. No, not at, not at all. You know what? Speaking of HVAC, mine went out last year. And a lot of us in Arizona, we have heat pumps. Uh, so it takes care of both, you know, heat and AC. Sure. And, um, you know, especially an all electric home, like a lot of ours are out here. And um, I probably talked to, I, I, I had at least 10 different contractors come out. And, and I know a lot of people say that's crazy. All right. But you know what? There's a difference of at least $5,000 wow. from one guy, from one guy to the next. Okay. Holy and, cow. And I'm, and I'm looking at this, I'm talking to these guys. One guy tells me that I've, that I've got certain parts that are broken with my existing unit. And I'm like, okay. And I make notes of everything because I feel like everybody I talk to, I can learn something from. Sure. And that's going to, and that's going to make me a better consumer. And so then I had another guy come out and I told him what this other, what this other contractor told me. He's like, your machine doesn't even have those parts. That's not part of that system. (laughs) Whoa. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, so guys, please understand, you know, they might not be deliberately lying to you. Um, but if you don't check around, chances are real good. You're going to waste your money. So my point being, after I talked to several, you know, over 10 different contractors, I wound up settling on a, on a, on a train unit, uh, that cost me a little over, a little over $8,000. Um, and that was after several other people tried to sell me one that would have cost more, that would not have been as good of a unit, by the way. Sure. Um, you know, so my point is HVAC can be an expensive, you know, very expensive, several thousand dollars. You know, refrigerator, things like that, they, they, they can easily be, I guess, you know, two or three grand these days too or more. Um, you know, so you want to have that emergency fund, right? And so people say, well, how big should the emergency fund be? Now, while you're working and you have money coming in all the time from your job, we typically recommend between three months and six months of living expenses you know, so whatever your total monthly, you know, we used to call it your monthly nut, whatever yep. your total is for the month, right? Uh, that includes everything, everything. Um, that's the amount you should have at least uh, three to six months if you're working. All right. But if you're retired, I recommend between one and two years. I'd prefer two years. All right. Okay. And that's, 
And that's because let's say you've got money in the stock market and let's say it's down like it is right now. I'd rather not have you have to sell something that's down 20 or 30% because you got to buy a new HVAC system, right? Yeah. So if you've got money in an emergency account, which means like a money market, or you can do short-term treasuries, guys. One thing that I did is I, I, I keep money in the money market for myself and my wife. One thing that I did, I guess about a month ago, uh, I set up an account at Treasury Direct, okay? That's the US, United States Treasury. I set up an account at Treasury Direct where you can go in and you can buy, you can set up an account and you can buy individual treasuries for yourself, commission-free, no expense, no fees. And I would say no risk of a loss unless you think the United States will default on its debt. Um, and if that happens, we all have a big, big, big problem. <laughs> uh, so I don't anticipate that at all in any way, shape or form. So what I did is I bought three month treasuries uh, because I know I have enough on the side that I can cover things. And I told myself, you know what? Worst case scenario, I can put it on a credit card for a month because I know these mature in three months. So every three months of the mature, I get I get three point three two. So my interest rate is three point three two um, guaranteed in short term three month treasury bills. And so uh, I think that's a, that's a good way to keep some short-term money, not everything because it is locked up for a few months. Um, but to me, that's, so that's what I'm doing and I'm laddering it. So, so each month I'll be buying three month treasuries. And what that means is that every month, some of the older ones will be maturing. So if I need to take the money out, I can take it out or I can reinvest it into new ones. But that's personally what I'm doing with my short-term money. Uh, to get a little better interest rate, because most banks, you know, most money markets are still around two, two and a quarter at the best. Uh, you can get a full extra percentage point with short-term treasuries. Nice. So that's so that's one suggestion I would, I would pass along. So the emergency fund is very, very important. Going going back to medical guys, make sure you also realize um, that not just dental is not covered by Medicare or Medicare supplements, but vision and hearing. So if you need a hearing aid, you got need an you need an right? <laughs> yeah, you got an exam, you got to go the, the exam's not covered and the the fitting is not covered. They don't cover dental vision or hearing. So, and you can spend several thousand dollars on a hearing aid as well. Oh okay? gosh, yeah. So, so those are some things to be aware of if you do decide to go with a Medicare Advantage plan. Some of the Advantage plans will cover all of these things, okay? But make sure you understand the how the plan works because most of them to my knowledge have a network of doctors that's a local network that you have to go to in order to get the plan benefits. So in other words, if you like to travel, you like to go out of state, you won't have coverage. All right. There may be some add-ons or something else you could get, but make sure you understand that. Most Medicare supplement plans, you can travel around the country uh, and see different doctors, any doctor that takes uh, a Medicare. But with an Advantage plan, it's different. So make sure you understand that if you don't travel a lot, you stay in the same area, it'd probably be just fine. But make sure you understand all the rules. Okay, I like it. Um, and uh, so we're talking about unexpected things. And um, we talk about, uh, let's talk about one of the biggies, uh, <laughs> the unexpected tax hit. Because uh, that, uh, but again, we can avoid that. And, uh, you know, as long as we've been doing this show, Kevin, that's one of the things that, that you drive the point home. You've got to have a tax strategy going into retirement. Yeah, no question. No question. And and if anybody that's listening, you guys know, I like to say, you know, two of my favorite words are tax-free. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and and because that's something I, I, I've met a lot of people and and in terms of retirement planning. And I guess after 32 years, that's, you know, to be expected. And the thing is, a lot of folks, they come in, they've got their 401k, they've got their IRAs, they've got their retirement accounts, and, and, and they've done well, they've been disciplined, pardon me, they put away money. Uh, and sometimes they kind of forget that's all pre-tax money. 
And and so whatever you got in that, whatever you have in that plan, you 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 want to remember very very importantly um, that you're probably going to pay anywhere from twenty, you know, twenty twenty five thirty percent tax on that. Obviously, it depends on your total tax situation and your total income, things like that, your deductions. Um, but we want to take that into account because if you have, it doesn't take very much taxable income um, in order to make your social security checks taxable as well. All right. And, and so you could be subject, you could have to pay tax on up to 85% of your social security if your other income is, is high enough. And so my point is, is that what we want to try to do and what I recommend doing is having some money in a Roth IRA. You pay the tax now and then it grows tax-free and it will always grow tax-free as long as you follow the rules. Um, and, uh, and you never have to take an RMD. You never have a required distribution on a Roth. So that money can grow tax-free indefinitely. And then if you structure it so that you only take money out of your tax-free accounts, maybe you do that for a couple of years, maybe one year, maybe five, maybe 10, obviously depends on the size of the account. But if you do that, that means in those years, your social security should not be taxable either. And, wow. and that should save you another four or five grand, I would think, every year you do that. Oh, what a great strategy. You, you know, I tell you, it's part of my strategy, guys. I bet it is. <laughs> it's part of my strategy. Uh, the, the, you know, the other account that's a great tax-free account um, is your health savings account. If anybody, and you know what, I, I wanted to talk about that right now, Steve, because we're coming up in the time of year when people choose their health insurance plan. Yes. Okay. In other words, if, if you're self-employed, if you're independent, if you choose your own insurance plan, you might want to take, I would strongly recommend you look into a health savings account to see if it makes sense for you. Now, if, if uh, uh, it depends on your health situation, your medical situation, one of, unfortunately, one of the requirements of this account is that you have to have a high deductible, all right? So if you're somebody, if you're uh, in a situation where you get a lot of medical care, it might not be a good way to go because you're going to have a high deductible to pay, all right? So you want to take a look at your individual situation to see if it makes sense. But if you're, if you're, if you're healthy and you don't anticipate a lot of medical needs, you might want to take a look at it because a family can put up to $8,300 into a health savings account this year. Okay, guys, that's a tax deduction when you put the money in there. Then it grows tax-free while it's in there. We can invest it just like your 401k or IRA. I can invest in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, all right, or treasuries or whatever. Um, but you can invest it, okay? So it grows. Uh, you do not have to spend it every year. You don't lose it. If you know you don't have to use it or lose it, it's not like that. It's your account. So you can do that uh, and, and, and you can contribute up until you turn 65. Once you're 65, you can no longer contribute to an HSA. All right. So if you imagine if you started doing that in your 40s, you contribute for 20 years, you could easily have 200 grand in your health savings account. Wow. And then when, and then when the money comes out, it comes out tax free as long as it's used for qualifying medical expense. And the list is broad. Okay, it covers all of your traditional medical expenses, and it would include vision and dental and hearing and chiropractic and all of these things as well. And so let me tell you guys, I mentioned it before, what I'm doing uh, is contributing to the HSA each year and it's invested. Uh, and I have no intent on using it probably until my 70s. Um, and then what I will be then and what me and my what me and my wife are doing in the meantime uh, is we are we are collecting and storing all of our receipts for all of our medical expenses, everything we incur from whether it's a prescription drug or a visit to a chiropractor or out-of-pocket expense for a doctor, we're saving all of those receipts and all those bills. And so that, you know, down the road, way down the road, we can add them all up and the government, the IRS 
lets you total all of it up and pay yourself back using the HSA tax-free money, okay? So it doesn't have to be an expense that you incur when you're later later on in, you know what I mean? Oh, you know, yeah. Have- I mean, what an amazing thing, and, and what a great loophole, if you will, that, that it that we can do that. And so if you're yes. a little diligent about saving receipts or, you know, making, you know, just kind of organizing your life, this is what a boon. It's it, it. Yes, it is important. You've got, you do have to be organized to, to keep good records because who knows if you do get audited or they ask questions down the road, you want, you just need to have the proof that, Hey, I did, I did have this bill, you know, like the bill I mentioned earlier that I had for surgery. I've got a high deductible health plan. It's over six grand deductible. So that several thousand dollars that I paid for the surgery I mentioned, that's going to be something that I reimburse myself for on a tax-free basis when I'm retired. And so when I pull that money out of the HSA account, it won't be taxed, nor will it cause my Social Security to be taxed. And so to me, that is, is a very prudent strategy. And I, I, as a, in my opinion, that's about the best you can do from a tax standpoint um, in order to minimize taxes and everything. If you can live a few years you know, on tax-free income, you can save that tax money from your social security too. All right. I mean, yeah. How about that? And the only one other caveat that that is, I mean, you can't contribute to an HSA once you turn 65. Correct. No, you cannot. No, you cannot. So you have to, you have to have it set up. You have to make sure. And and there are specific rules to follow. So if you guys would like to talk about it, just give me a call. I'll be happy to help you out with it. Uh, It is important that you have a, a, an HSA eligible health and medical insurance plan. That's step number one. Okay. So it, it's uh, you have to have the plan that meets you know all the criteria in order to get it. But the other thing is, you know, some people say, "Oh, my medical expenses might not be that high." Guess what? You can put the money in there, get the tax deduction. It can grow tax free. And if later on you take it out for something other than medical, see so you pay tax on it. Big deal. You sure. know what that's like? You know what that's like? That's just like your four hundred one k and your IRA. Exactly. It's the same exact treatment, right? Yep. Tax deduction going in, tax deferred when you grow it. When you pull it out, you pay tax. So it's just, it's the same. Guys, trust me. The HSA, in my view, I really believe is the single best one out there. None of the other accounts are tax-free all around. You pay tax either going in or coming out. The HSA is the only one you never pay tax if you follow all the rules. Sure. And again, like you said, the, uh, the it's not that hard to follow the rules on that. And it really, no. because so many of us have those high deductible plans because you know yeah. that's what's available because the, the, and, the, and the expense right i mean it exactly. costs so much more to, to get a lower deductible yeah absolutely and, and so to me I, I really look at health insurance for me and my wife it's uh we're fortunate we're in good health and and so i look at more like catastrophe insurance is really how i look at it i'm not worried about you know something small i can i can pay a, you know deductibles on something minor um it's if one of us winds up in a hospital that's where the expenses can be enormous and that's what I don't want to take a chance because that's what wipes people out and causes bankruptcy. Yeah. Wow. Well, again, I mean, those are just great things to know, folks. If you want to reach out to Kevin, it's 800 975 6717. Or you can just visit the website, silverleaffinancial.com, silverleaffinancial.com. You can reach out to Kevin right there, send him an email direct. And uh, how are we? Uh, what, what's next? Well, you, you, you know what? I did want to mention a couple other things. One of the risks that I want to point out okay. is that if you're a if you're a married couple, okay, um, you want to make sure when you're doing your budgeting and you're doing your planning and your forecasting that you focus on not just your joint income, because when the first person passes away, you're going to lose that person's social security check. Okay, you will get stepped up to the bigger of the two, but you don't get both. All right. 
So whatever that amount of money is, you want to make sure you've got a plan that can offset that loss of income. So in other words, if one spouse dies, you want to have some other asset in place that if you're getting, I don't know, 1300 bucks a month or whatever it was, that you can replace that income if you need it, because you will lose that income when the first, when the first spouse passes away. Now, one thing that I'd also mentioned that, um, for instance, me and my wife, you know, everybody knows you can get life insurance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, what a lot of people might not know is that you can actually get a joint life insurance um, between a husband and a wife. How does that right? work? And you know how it works, Steve? Good question. A joint policy will pay out on the first to die. Okay. okay? And the reason that that's what it's there for is to replace any income from that first person. Sure. So. In a lot of cases, I, now, of course, you can go out and you can buy individual life insurance policies. Um, but my my uh, belief and what I've seen is is that it's going to be cheaper if if this is your objective. If what you're trying to do is replace, you know, the income or just uh, or, or help offset the, the emotional loss. What I tell my wife, I say, you know, I, I, at least it'd be something it would be nice to have a bunch of money you know, to have a nice check come in because just dealing with the emotional loss is going to be hard enough. Oh, gosh, right. Yes. And, and so I think uh, for me, the answer is a jointly owned policy because it's in, in this case, the insurance company knows they're only paying out one, de- one benefit, right? They're mm-hmm. paying out on the first, first person that goes, they're paying out the benefit. Uh, if you each have individual policies, they know they're p- potentially paying out two benefits, right? Yep. So it's going to, co- so it's going to cost them more. So you should be able to get a joint policy uh, for less cost than two individual policies wow. and, and, and it will pay out on the first. It's not survivor life insurance. Okay. That's different. That pays out after the second person passes away. Okay. Well, this, I mean, again, what a cool thing. And and you're right. I don't think people know about that because I mean, in the case of, well, I'll just use myself as an example. I'm eight years older than my wife. Yes. And so, I mean, chances are, uh, you know, uh, but again, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look it doesn't look good for us. <laughs> no, that's right. So, it's, uh, but again, to have that joint policy, should something happen to her, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then yes. And when and if it happens to me, I mean, it's yeah. I like the idea. Are they readily available? And are they, they um, are they affordable? They they are they are readily available and they are affordable affordable. However, let me point out, not they're not as common. And that's why I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Um, they're not as common as just a regular term life policy or a whole life policy. Uh, in other words, all the carriers do not offer these policies. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you just do a little bit, spend a little bit, of, you know, Google or search on the internet, uh, I'm sure you can find them. Or better yet, just give me a call. I was going to say ha- you can probably guide us. I can. Yes, I can. <laughs> all right. So, by all means, give me a call. And guys, one of the benefits of working with an independent advisor is that I can shop the entire universe, every company that's out there that works with independent agents. We can compare and we can see what they're offering. So that way we can get you the best deal, right? The coverage that you're looking for, but we don't want to pay more than we have to. The problem with some of the captive places where we're an agent, you know, the traditional sense that, you know, he works, he or she works for one company, then, then all, all they can offer is that one company's, you know, solutions. It, it might be a good deal, but it might not. And, and so personally, like I mentioned with my air conditioner, I talk to 10 different HVAC contractors because yeah. I want to make sh- I want to make sure I know what I'm doing and I get a good deal and I don't get ripped off by somebody. And and uh, I believe that's a benefit of working with somebody independent. You shop around. I'll show you the quotes from all the different companies so that you know you're getting the best deal out there. Yeah, great. Good stuff. I mean, again, we've uh, covered a lot of ground today, Kevin, as we usually do. And, and um, boy, the, the, uh, the 
couple life insurance. That is, a, to me, that's a game changer. Uh, you, you know what? It's part, of, it's part of my plan because, like I said, you know, part of my calculations is both of us will have Social Security checks. And unfortunately, when, you know, and, and unfortunately, when the first person goes, then that's a loss of income. Yeah. And so I'm going to replace that lost income from that joint policy that'll pay on the first one that passes. Um, and so that whoever the survivor is will have plenty of assets and plenty of income to to live a, a comfortable retirement. All right. Well, I like it. Well, I mean, uh, so uh, with the market doing what it did uh, towards the end of this week, what uh, what are your thoughts? Where, where, are, you, where are we headed? You know what? Uh, um, I do think there's still a chance that the market could be going lower, guys. Uh, but we're already down 20, 25, 30, 35%, depending on where you look in the market. Um, and, and based on the fear and the sentiment is so negative. There are some, there are some good reports that came out this week um, that I'll touch on, on on the next show that basically says when you do invest in a market where people are so negative, the returns going forward are very good. So don't let the emotion get the best of you. Just keep, stay objective, stay patient, looking down the road and, and stay invested. And I believe you'll be well rewarded. Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, hosts, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, members FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today.